Today's episode is twice the challenge. We're dealing with the difficult subject of abuse in marriage, but we're also talking about when to leave a marriage too, which under normal circumstances is contrary to our personal values and our mission to help save marriages. So listen carefully as we navigate this very difficult topic. The Marriage Podcast for Smart People is designed to help busy couples like yourselves move away from conflict and unhappiness to build a marriage you'll love today and treasure for a lifetime. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Learn how you can help save marriages, prevent divorces, and keep families intact by going to OYF.support. Once again, that website is OYF.support. And now, here are your hosts, Caleb and Valinda Simone Gundel from Only You Forever. Welcome to the Marriage Podcast for Smart People. If you want to build a thriving, passionate marriage, we've got the research, the truth, and the answers you're looking for. We have an exciting... Well, no, this is not an exciting podcast. No, it's not at all. We have a serious podcast again for you this week. This is episode number 125, and today we're going to be guiding you through the subject of when to leave or stay in an abusive marriage. Hey there, before we get started, if you missed last week's episode, we discussed trajectories of healing and recovery for abusive marriages. So you'll definitely want to check that out for some background to today's episode if this is the first time you're listening in. Also, make sure you hit the subscribe button so you don't miss any upcoming shows from us. And so if you're struggling with your marriage, we offer sound research-based advice, and we do so from a biblical perspective, even on very difficult issues such as this one. Mm -hmm. So let's get into this topic, Verlinda. We'll start with our values. We'll talk about some really interesting research today. Okay. I think the most important thing we need to keep in front of us, and I'd like our listeners to keep in front of us, is the context in which we're speaking. So we're sitting here in Florida, we're recording this from our travel trailer, but when we publish this episode, it'll be available to over 100 countries, and it'll be downloaded thousands and thousands of times. And Mm -hmm. we have people of all faith backgrounds that listen in. And even when most of our listeners are evangelical Christians, we have a spectrum of opinions on the subject of separation, divorce, and marriage. Mm -hmm. So Extreme spectrum. Yes, Rather than going into a huge sidebar on that, I'm just going to say this. So our mission is to save marriages. Amen. We want to reach and influence as many marriages and help them as possible. And I would just ask that if you're not in an abusive marriage, and if you have never been close to someone who is on the victim side of that relationship, that you suspend judgment until you hear some of their stories and experiences. So on the other hand, you know, so there's somebody that are listening from a safe place and can sort of just look at this like... And have no experience with it at all. Yeah. Yeah. On the other end of the spectrum, we have women listening to this who are facing another beating today. Mm. And in this very moment, they're afraid, possibly even for their lives. So we have this wide audience dialed in, but we really want to speak to those of you who are in an abusive marriage and are trying to figure out what your next step is and are maybe even afraid for your life, certainly for your well-being and possibly that of your children also. Mm Mm-hmm. And so we're starting with this question, should I leave my abusive marriage? And so let's begin with an interesting study, Verlinda, from 2007, where the researchers collected data from over 400 women who were seeking help due to being in a violent relationship. Okay. They interviewed these women every three months for the next year after they contacted them. And the women had four patterns of relationship that the researchers identified. So the first one is completely apart. So the women remain uninvolved with their spouse from the second interview to the end of the study. They left and they stayed gone. There was also the second group, which was together then apart. So women who were in the relationship with this partner for at least one time point during the first six months, but were out of the relationship during the last six months. So they stayed and then they left partway through this yeah. research. And this is okay. physical departure more than yeah. anything. 
And then there's what they call fluid, which are women who were involved with their partner for at least one time point during the last six months of the study, but were out of the relationship for at least one point time between the second interview and the end of the study. So they came and went. Yep. Okay. And finally, completely together. And these were women who remained involved with their partner for the entire study. Okay. So where the study's helpful is it showed how women fare in an abusive relationship based on their decisions to stay, leave, or live out some combination of the two. Okay. Does that make sense? So that's, yeah. that's kind of the, what we're looking at here. And so the results of what their decision was. Yes. Whether to stay or leave. Okay. Yeah. Women who left an abusive relationship and did not come back at any point showed a marginally significant higher quality of life score than women who stayed or went back and forth. Oh. And that's interesting. Leaving may not be your ticket to happiness. It may be your ticket to safety and survival, which is important. Right. Right. But it so might I'm, not be a slam dunk. Everything's hunky dory. Yeah. And, and I'm not leading up to saying you all need to stay with your husbands here. Right. So I just want to be clear about that. But I'm just saying, here's what you need to know from what is seen in the experience of others. Right. Okay. When it came to experiences of violence, women who remain completely apart experience the least amount of violence. Just because they're physically not there. Yeah. Women who remain completely together experienced the second least amount of violence. Oh. Where I was thinking, okay, now we're going to go to the people that came and went. Right? Yeah. Yeah. But it was actually the women who were together and then apart or women who were fluid in their relationship status who experienced the most violence. So the ones that came and went experienced the most. Yeah. Okay. So why is is that? The conclusion that the researchers came to was that decisiveness in decision-making appears to be helpful here. Coming and going due to being indecisive, to being unsure about what you're doing with this relationship appears to expose you to greater levels of violence. Wow. That's what they're seeing, right? So there's more. Women who remain completely apart from their abusive partner also reported the lowest rates of psychological abuse and stalking in the final interview. Hmm. Women who remain completely together with their partner experienced the second lowest rates of psychological abuse and stalking. They differed significantly from the group with the lowest rates, completely apart women only in terms of the experiences of psychological abuse. So what that's saying is that the psychological abuse was more, was more for these women who remain completely together. Okay. But the physical abuse wasn't really different from the ones that left completely. Yes. But remember that it was the ones who left completely and the ones who stayed completely that were at the lower end of the physical abuse spectrum. Okay. And I'm kind of tying this back. I'm thinking in my head back to last week where we noticed that physical violence often decreases over time. And so it might be that these stayers, if I can call them that, were also using strategies to help lower the violence. Okay. Where was I? You were talking about... How it was only the psychological abuse that was more in the woman that stayed over the woman that left. Right, right. Not that we minimize the effect of that, but no, that's not just at what all. they noticed. Yeah. So in other words, women remained who remained with their partner did experience more physical abuse, psychological abuse, and stalking than women who completely left their partner. But they noted that in most cases, this difference was small and, and this is a statistical term, not significant. It doesn't mean it wasn't significant to that individual. Right. Just that the by, the a, numbers or the ratios were not numbers, significant. It's okay. not a numerical significance. The only okay. significant difference, it was only significantly different when it came to psychological abuse. So that was more obvious. Okay. When it came to all three forms of violence, physical, psychological, and stalking, fluid women fared the worst of the four groups, suggesting that women who leave and then return experience more abuse than women who never leave at all. Wow. So I think there's three takeaways to put this all together. It appears that leaving is the most effective in preventing re-abuse one year later, especially they noted when it occurs relatively soon after a given incident of violence and is sustained for an extended period of time. Okay. It's almost like 
you just crossed the line, buddy. I'm gone. And this is it. Like it's done until you get this sorted. Yeah. That appears to be the most effective strategy in preventing reabuse. The authors concluded that how women leave an abusive relationship is more important than whether they leave. So whether they leave for good versus come back or... Decisively versus indecisively. Oh, so it's not like whether they called them knaves on the way out or... Okay. Yeah. The reasons for this conclusion was the small difference in outcomes for women who completely stayed and women who completely left compared to the more negative outcomes for women who were back and forth in their decision making. So it just seems here that it's most helpful to have certainty about your decision. That's the conclusion from this study. So it may be better to wait until you are 100% sure. Yes. And again, that's, I mean, but if we're not not suggesting or recommending, like there's all sorts of factors that you have to take into consideration. So your safety is paramount. But your own decision making and your trusting yourself and learning your about your ability to choose here, those are the most important factors that should help guide you through this. Okay. Yeah. So if leaving is on your menu as a listener today, and this is something that you think you need to do, we have a, created a bonus guide on safety planning. It, it outlines the steps you need to take if you have not yet left the relationship, but you believe you may need to in order to be safe. It also includes steps to take if you've already left and are still concerned for your safety. Okay. And again, normally our bonus content in this podcast is only available to our supporters, but this time it is free. We wanted to make it freely available because we realize that this is a very important issue. And for some of you, you may not have the financial freedom to make a purchase like this. So we just want to make sure that you can get to a copy of this mm-hmm. and you can get it from our patronage page at oif.support. Just go through our posts. Look for the post regarding episode number 125. That's today's episode. You'll find the file attached there. So we'll just take a quick 60 second break here to tell you more about that. What happens when the fairy tale marriage meets reality? Too often high expectations lead to disappointment, communication breaks down, and the struggles of day-to-day life become overwhelming, leaving you feeling lost and without hope. Unfortunately, marriage does not come with an instruction manual. Marriage troubles are deeply personal and can take a toll on you, your spouse, and your family. Counseling can be expensive and divorce is very costly. It doesn't have to be this way. Caleb and Valinda understand your pain and frustration. Their mission is to help save as many marriages as possible. And to date, thousands of couples are helped through their weekly podcast. But the most important marriage they want to help save is yours. With a minimum of a $10 investment a month, you gain access to exclusive bonus content and valuable information to help you succeed in your own marriage. Learn more about saving marriages and how you can help at OYF.support. That's OYF.support. You're listening to the Marriage Podcast for Smart People. Before the break, we were talking about evaluating whether you should leave or not. Let's look now at some reasons for and against leaving. So deciding to leave. Another study, Verlin, this one, actually all these studies were fascinating, but uh, here's uh, Kopsel and Kernick, they're called, from 2006. They list the following as reasons why women stated they chose to leave an abusive relationship. Now, they weren't qualifying these as marriage relationships. They may be common law or other forms of cohabitation. Okay. So... Just bear that in mind as we list these four reasons. One is a low commitment to the relationship. Mm-hmm. So it might be people that are dating just recently moved in and all of a sudden he's beating me. So I have no commitment. So I'm gone. See you later. Oh, right? okay. Yeah. Or they could be a married person, but the, the negativity and the abuse has eroded this so badly over time. There's not commitment either. Okay. Anyways, this is the first reason why they saw women choosing to leave an abusive relationship. A low commitment to the relationship. Mm-hmm. Second, financial independence apart from the husband. That creates empowerment. 
Three, a greater frequency and severity of abuse. Four, the presence of children and a potential for children to be abused. So those are the factors women consider. And I think here that the most significant are the safety issues. And as you consider your situation when you're listening today, we have to ask, could your husband's abuse toward you turn lethal? Is that deadly? Is your life in danger? Are you at risk for severe bodily harm? What about your children? And it's hard to know the answer to these questions sometimes. So I wanted to bring in a study from 2014 that looked at these risk factors for lethal violence. And again, keep in mind that for women in this situation, it's often very disorientating. So I hope that these factors help you to gain some perspective on the relative severity of your position. So they're saying basically, if these next four things are present, then you may want to seriously consider leaving as an option. Okay. Because your safety is at risk. Yeah. Because I mean, just again, let's just kind of put ourselves into shoes of a woman in this position that it's so disorientating, right? She doesn't know what's her fault, what's his fault. Mm -hmm. She doesn't know what's normal or not. There's been Mm -hmm. crazy making going on. Mm -hmm. So she's lacking clarity. So these are are four things that I hope you can really kind of just sink your, your teeth into as for points of reference, right? Okay. First is you experience an increased level of fear toward your spouse. So if that fear is getting larger... That's a notable piece of evidence. Okay. If you fear your spouse, you're at greater risk of lethal violence. That's a, that's wow. a true statistic, right? So a woman's there's got a, knows. a correlation. I think so. If I could just put that slightly differently, it's trusting your emotion. Yeah. Okay. The fear itself affects your ability to change your situation. Oh. So this is the challenge. And yeah. so that increases your risk for lethal violence. If you feel fear, that may be an indication that it's time to begin serious safety planning. Okay. Second, you've been using drugs or alcohol to cope with the abuse. A greater proportion of women in the high-risk category for lethal violence used drugs or alcohol, they noted in the study. So if it's gotten bad enough that you're finding yourself resorting to these coping mechanisms, that's another signal that you may be in a very severe situation. Okay. Third, you've been diagnosed with depression or PTSD. There's another correlation there. Fourthly, you have sought out domestic violence resources. Now, this is kind of a... You have to watch this one because... If you're listening today, you're kind of doing this, right? And it isn't saying that you should not seek out these resources. It's saying that if you have sought them out, this is another indicator that you may be in a high-risk situation. So the fact that you had to go looking for this is evidence towards leaving for your safety. Okay. Am I making sense there? Yeah, but you said that if they're listening to this, they're seeking domestic violence resources. I think we're going to have a lot of people listening to this that just listen to every podcast in a row. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And they're not actually seeking. So I think there is a difference there. But if they came seeking this information, that could be an indicator. Yeah. Thank you. It's really hard to keep in mind the breadth of the audience as we go through this. Uh Yeah. So here's a direct quote from these researchers on this. They found that in comparison to the low risk for lethal violence group, a higher proportion of women in the high risk group reported using domestic violence resources and... Women who reported using resources such as restraining orders and other legal assistance to deal with their abusive partners were more likely to be at high risk for violence. You'd think, you know, if you have a restraining order in place or you're getting legal help that you would be protected from that. Yeah. So, yeah, and I can't comment on that. I don't have enough experience on the law enforcement side or how these things actually work. Okay. Okay. Um, But again, just keep this in the context of evidence. Like if you're having to use these things and you're checking all these boxes then we have a high degree of violence going on, then you should, it's perfectly valid for you to be concerned about your safety and be thinking about that. I'm thinking about leaving. Okay. Yeah. So those are some reasons around deciding to leave. And and just notice here that I'm not calling out a battle cry for everyone to leave. No. And it's not because I'm afraid that, I hope it's not because I'm afraid that people are going to judge me, 
but it's because I want you to know and to evaluate your situation Mm -hmm. and to make your decision as a listener. Okay. So because we're giving you options here, then the other option is deciding to stay. Okay. And again, I don't have an agenda to keep women in abusive relationships because I'm about saving marriages. Right. Right. So your safety is more important. Your physical and emotional safety is more important than the security of your marriage bond, I think. Okay. Like your value as a person created in the image of God. Mm-hmm. That was instilled in you and that was given to you before the marriage bond was given to you. So it takes precedence. Okay. <laughs> That's how I would make a biblical defense for okay. leaving versus staying. Just as we're going in, like we just talked about deciding to leave yeah. and now we're going into the deciding to stay. Yeah. We're not talking about deciding to leave and stay and come and go. Not, well. Is there a purpose for that? Yeah. So it's hard to know which way is up when you're in these situations. So it's very normal for women to come and go several times in this relationship, from okay. their relationship. But that will make the violence worse, as we saw Not from the everybody. beginning research. Not oh, really? for everybody. It does for some people. Okay. So just remember my favorite word from last time, phenomenological. So every, oh, yes. every marriage Which you context, have used all week. <laughs> every situation has it's been phenomenal. <laughs> every marriage situation is different, right? Yeah. So we're just giving you evidence and options and help trying to inform. Okay. So again, based on a review of the literature, um, another study in 2005, they listed the following as reasons why women stated they chose to stay in an abusive relationship. One, commitment to the relationship. Mm -hmm. Two, an emotional attachment to the abuser and a desire to save the relationship. Three, lack of financial and housing resources. Four, lack of childcare. Five, few relationship alternatives. They didn't have who to go to elsewhere. Six, lack of employment or education. Seven, the batterer's promises to change. Eight, fear of batterer retaliation. Nine, social pressure. Hmm. Those are all big reasons. Yeah. Yeah, those are all significant considerations, right? So this is why we're going through this. I don't have a strong agenda for staying or leaving because I don't know the context of the person that's listening to me right now. Right. Or people. But I do have a strong agenda, I think, for you to be safe. I think safety is important. But it's your decision if you're listening today. It's your life. You will live with these consequences, not me. And I'm not going to be that next dominating male in your life telling you what to do. So I just want you to hear this as a wife, that you have the wisdom and the resources you need to make the choice that is best, that is right for you. And I'm just here to to help you make that in an informed way, that decision, right? So remember that we saw earlier that women who decided to stay actually fare better than women who come and go. It is a perfectly valid decision to stay until you have a definite plan and you know that you need to leave. Or things might get better and you can just stay. That's possible too. This just That sentence to me made it sound like everybody's eventually going to leave. You just need to stay until you can figure out how to yeah, leave. So just kind of take that consideration together with our previous episode on the trajectories of abuse and what that looks like, which is that... Physical um, violence decreases. Decreases over time, but usually the psychological abuse increases. level is sustained or may even increase, right? Right. So I don't know how your husband is going to change or not change, but those are considerations. Right. Okay. Also remember that abuse often continues after a separation. Really? So a separation is not necessarily a slam dunk to ending abuse. And that's why there are resources to help you with how you separate, including the one that we provide on this episode, because you want to do so in a way that actually does move you to safety. Okay. And remember too, that some men do join batterer programs and some marriages do improve. Again, that's kind of going back to yesterday's context. So staying is a legitimate option and it's one that we can speak to. Now, if you decide to stay, you can choose to sustain 
and focus on the relationships, positive attributes. This is just some techniques to help you if you're going to stay, which is, it's kind of like you're going to, you're going to stay, you're going to look for the positive to try to make the most of it while finding a way to stop or lessen the abuse. We talked about this last week, right? Yeah, we do. Yeah. And so some men did become nonviolent at the end of a six month to one year period. If you choose to stay, I'd like to challenge you to find a way where you make that choice out of your free will and not out of your inability to leave. So like these reasons up above about lack of financial and housing mm-hmm. resources, lack of childcare, don't make your decision based out of that, but out of your own. Yeah, don't. Like, can we just change that slightly? So start making choices that take you away from being disempowered to being empowered. Okay, so we you, talked about that last week too. Yeah, so you're making the decision to stay from the position of empowerment not from the position of, I have no other options. Right. Most folks have more options than they think they do, but it's hard to see them when you're under duress, right? Right. Okay. But here's the thing is when, when you can stay out of a choice out of your free will from a position of empowerment, not from a position of inability or being trapped, Mm -hmm. it shifts your presence in the marriage. And I'm quoting a researcher here from a place of weak and easy prey to a strong and competent survivor whose decisions are to be respected. Hmm. Now that's a different stance, right? Yeah. That should give hope right there. I hope so. And keep in mind that your expression of this decision may take time, right? So you can't just turn the switch on like boom. Right. But you're the best person to evaluate too the safety of taking a stance like this because that has to be considered as well. If your husband's perception is that you are trapped, he is also likely to think that his violence does not threaten the existence of the relationship. But when you show that you have autonomy, you have the ability to choose, he has to begin to evaluate the risks associated with his behavior as well. And again, I don't know how that will go in your marriage. It may work in some and not in others. But I think if you can find your calm place and really pray and consider these options, you'll get a sense of what will work and what will not. Okay. Trusting your emotions again. Trusting your emotions. Trusting God. Yes. In this too, to guide you. And then moving yourself towards this position of empowerment, right? Okay. So I hope that this has provided some clarity if you're going to choose to stay as well. Yeah. You know, just again, remember in all of this that your safety is paramount. If there's a possibility of yourself or a child being in danger, you do need to come up with a safety plan and you may need to execute that rapidly as well. On the other hand, if lethal violence or severe violence is not an issue, then hopefully I've given you enough information to begin making a decision that's going to help you move forward in this situation. And again, even if you're not ready to reach out to someone for help yet, remember that there are many good books available on this topic. Mm-hmm. Now, at your local library, there's books online. You can often get them for through your website. There are books that you can order on Amazon. So there's different ways you can get read these without them being visible to your spouse. And also remember, in every geographical center, there's toll-free helplines that you can call. Just Google them, like New York Abuse Hotline or Chicago Domestic Violence Help. Okay. And resources will come up and you'll be able to find help. And most of these resources are free. They're supported by donors and they can give you advice They can advise you of your rights. They can even give legal counsel in some of them if you're concerned about custody and all those kinds of things. So they're Hmm. what this is, a you know, pat on the back for society here. Mm -hmm. We've recognized the problem and there's there's more and more resources amassing kind of behind this to support women. And you can go find these and access them. And I think that is important to do this as part of empowering yourself and understanding that there are options, that there are people out there that you can talk to. So if you're feeling very alone today, find out someone to call and call them. Mm -hmm. Get some help, right? Mm -hmm. Do reach out and start talking to people who can help provide useful information and perspective. You don't have to go through this alone. And I want to say again to all the wives out there that are in this situation, it's not your fault. You can choose to find help. You can choose to start the process of recovering and rebuilding respect for yourself and for your safety and for your personal needs. So every human being is worthy of 
respect and dignity in all circumstances. Just remember that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Spot to end. So thank you for listening today. We would like to uh, thank a couple of you who have become patrons since we last recorded, Edwin and Jennifer. Your support means a lot to us into the future of our show. We couldn't do without you and our other patrons. If you're listening today and thinking about becoming a patron, please do take action on that today. We have a mission to accomplish and we can't do it without your help and without God's help too. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I think is really cool, Caleb, is when What's these that? names come up that are supporting us financially, a lot of times it's people that have supported us emotionally or encouraged us and yeah. whatever throughout the years. Yeah. It's re- I mean, we appreciate that too. Hey? It means a lot. Really yeah. So we also want to shout out a huge thank you to those of us who left reviews on iTunes recently, as we know it's not this past week. So I just think this is hilarious, Kayla. We have one from New Zealand today and we have one from Australia Do you today. we did that challenge? I don't even remember what episode that was. That was a while ago. Yeah. We were still at home. Yeah. We'll have to go through and count up who's winning. Oh, yes. Well, winning. Oh, hang on. You go ahead and start All through right. these and I will pull that up and see if I can provide So this you. is Frosty from New Zealand says, thank you so much for this podcast. It's great to have some real help that actually helps. So Frosty, I just want to tell you that you're the one implementing it. So if it's actually helping, you're the one doing the work. Nice. So another one by Thoughtful2 from Australia. Best demonstration of marriage relationships, five stars says, I caught my husband listening to this advice one night and asked... No way to catch your husband doing something. (laughs) Yeah, I caught my husband. It's like, oh no. (laughs) Caught my husband listening to this advice one night and asked to listen in too. Wow, what a lovely demonstration of communication between spouses discussing all those important issues that come up and are so hard to talk about and sort out. Their topics cover everything that causes our happiness in marriage to come unstuck. I've passed this on to many of my friends and family. Let's hope they have a listen. We are finding it is helping us as well as helping us to help others. That's really Mm -hmm. cool. 10 points, you two. Thanks for being so transparent and letting us hear how it's done. Awesome. Yeah, thanks, Thoughtful too. And uh, uh, most of my family on my mom's side is from New Zealand, so I'm disappointed to say that the New Zealanders have three reviews and the Australians have five. Oh! So we need to to work on that. That's funny, honey. Funny, honey. Okay, next week we're talking... (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) This is going to be a long day, I can feel it. That's kind of dorky. Next week, we're talking about post-infidelity stress disorder. Okay. So if you've ever gone through a betrayal or your spouse has had an affair or uncovered a pornography addiction or you've uncovered a pornography addiction, you'll definitely want to listen into this next show. That'll be interesting. Yes. Well, that is all for today's episode. You can get the full show notes, as always, at oyf.link slash 125 and find out how you can help us reach more marriages. Go to oyf.support. Thanks, and we'll see you next week. The Marriage Podcast for Smart People is totally funded by listeners who support Caleb and Valinda in their mission to save marriages. If you would like to be part of this worthy cause, open your web browser to oyf.support. A minimum investment of $10 per month will help restore hope to married couples. Plus, as a patron, you'll gain access to exclusive bonus content and valuable information to help you succeed in your own marriage. Go to the website oyf.support now for more information. Thanks for listening to the Marriage Podcast for Smart People from Only You Forever.